Well, we are so excited that we have the opportunity to bring Feeding Souls here to the Family Ministry Center. You know, we're going to be planting a church that allows people to get spiritual food. But what is so cool is that we're also going to be having the opportunity to give people physical food right here at the Family Ministry Center. We couldn't be more excited to partner with Feeding Souls to do that. And we're grateful that God has brought us together and is continuing to do new works that help us to fulfill our mission of being sent out into the world. So we're grateful for that. You know, today is Father's Day. Did you know that in every language, okay, every language for generations, generally a child's first word is daddy, Abba, Baba, whichever language they speak, because there is this genuine yearning that we have naturally as a people for our heavenly father and for our physical fathers. And so we celebrate today that is Father's Day. I can remember when my daughter was born and she was beginning to speak, me and my wife went through this war of seeing if she was going to say mommy or daddy first. Now, my wife has this conspiracy that when I wasn't around, my daughter may have murmured mommy. But for the rest of the world, my daughter knows how to say daddy first. That was her first word. And that's my story. And I'm sticking with it. But today is Father's Day. And I couldn't be more excited, number one, because we do have great examples in our church of awesome dads. I love looking on Facebook. I love seeing the different games and the different ways, especially through our pandemic, how fathers have been creative in ways of leading their families and loving their families and playing with their families and just being really, really engaged in what's happening in their lives. Um, you know, but today I also want to be excited to just say happy Father's Day to my dad. Um, my dad has been such a great example of godly manhood, leadership, and also through shepherding me and my sisters through the word of God. And so we, we are so grateful to, to call you dad. And so happy Father's Day to my dad um, and happy Father's Day to all you dads out there and keep on loving God and keep on loving your families. And so, like I said, you know, there is this natural yearning we have as a people for our father. And, and we see that, that God, Jesus specifically uses this language of affection to refer to God as his father and to, to refer to God as our heavenly father. And, and that begins to uh, unravel this relationship that Jesus has with the father. Um, and so today I want to talk about a very well-known passage of scripture where we meet a father, a brother, and a son. It's known as the prodigal son. Now, normally when we look at this scripture, we normally focus on either the older brother who is very angry with his father's relationship with the younger son, or we look at the younger son and how he uh, abandons his family and squanders his uh, inheritance because he's wanting to chase um, selfish and, and, and uh, selfish and fleshly uh, desires. Um, but today, I think it's important with it being Father's Day and also with our relationship with our Heavenly Father, I think it would be really cool to look at the Father in this scripture and particularly how this Father loves his sons. And so if we were to call this, a give this sermon a title, I would have to use the title, A Good, Good Father. So if you've got a Bible, I'm going to read for us uh, the, 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 the prodigal uh, son, the parable of the prodigal son. And it could be found in the book of Luke, chapter 15, verse 11. And he said there was a man who had two sons. 
And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Now, many days later, the younger son gathered all he had took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who set him into his fields to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I will perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, look, these many years I have served you. I have never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Let's pray together. Thank you, Father, for being a good father to us. Thank you that when we are weak, you are strong. When we are lost, you find us. When we are hungry, you feed us. So we pray now that the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight as we seek to be the people that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, you know, when you look at this passage of Scripture, there is a lot going on. There's the brother. There's the servants. There's some pigs. There's, there's a lot happening here. But I want us to pay close attention to the Father in this this text. You see, when I look at this scripture, I am reminded just how much our father, our good father is to us. And you know something, if you're a dad or if you're an expecting dad or if you're a husband or if you're a single man and you're one day becoming, you know, hoping to become a dad, I want you to know that you can lean on Jesus and look to God for a perfect example of what it means to be a good dad. 
You see, you can watch TV. You can read some, some notes and some tips. You can look at YouTube videos. Lord knows we all have on how to do this and how to do that and how to be a better this and how to be a better dad. But one of the best ways to figure out how to be a God, I mean, a father that's honored by God is to look at how our father relates to us as his children. You see, Jesus sets up this parable for the disciples to glean from and to learn what it is like to be with his father. And like I said, a lot of the time, this passage of scripture focuses on the brothers and not enough on the fathers, which, which I believe that this scripture, Jesus's original intent was to cast some, some light on these two brothers. But I also believe that we can learn a lot from the Father. Why? Because all scripture is God-breathed and it's good for teaching. It's good for, for inspiration. It's good for doctrine, right? And so let's look together on what, what these characteristics we see. My first one is a good father selflessly gives. You see, in verse 11 of our passage, it says, there was a man who had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, give me a share of property that is coming to me. And the father simply divided the property that is coming and gave it to him. You see, this is this is a lot to unpack. Here's why. This son was asking for his inheritance from his father. And and what what really what he was saying to his dad was, hey, you're as good as dead to me. Give me what's going to come to me when you when you actually die. Let me just have it now. And, 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 and while the father could have been, and he probably was heartbroken, right? Saddened by this, the father selflessly gave. This cost the father money. This cost the father embarrassment, right? Because now the father is, this is, this is not good culturally. This isn't good PR for the dad. But, but the father selflessly gives to his son, knowing that his son doesn't have the greatest intentions, knowing that his son might not make the best decisions. You know, as parents, we, we can tell which one of our kids is going to do the right thing and which one of them can't, can't get right for, you know, to help themselves. But, but this father, he selflessly gives to his son. And you know what? When I look at our father, he selflessly takes us by the hand and he gives us what we ask for even sometimes when we aren't deserving of it. He, he gives us things even when we are not, you know, we, we have not shown ourselves worthy of it. And this son is just like us. And, and when I think about my relationship with my family as a dad, you know, our kids, they want a lot from us. My, my daughter you know, I said before, one of the most honoring things in my life is to hear my daughter call me daddy. But sometimes she does not stop calling me daddy. And it's daddy, 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 daddy. I want food. I want juice. I want this. I want that. Come with me. Come here. My daughter has started to learn this new phrase. Hurry up, daddy. And so so, so sometimes our kids do, they, 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 they need a lot from us. And if we want to glean from our father, we, we can look at him and recognize that we can't make the decisions for our children sometimes. We can't protect them from their mistakes sometimes. And so sometimes as good dads, we have to selflessly give. 
And that's what we can glean from in this passage. This first point is that a good father selflessly gives. The second thing I want to point out is that a good father lovingly forgives. You see, as you journey through parenthood, as you journey through life, you're going to make mistakes. And so are the ones that we love, our children, our spouse, our family, our friends. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to do harm to themselves and sometimes to us. But a good father lovingly, lovingly forgives, even when he does not have to. You see, this son asked for his inheritance and left, meaning that he did not have to let him return, meaning that he was, in a sense, could have been disowned, right, or banished from the family. But here's what we find in verse 20 of our text here today. Verse 20 says, I am no, he said, oh, I'm sorry, verse 20 says, and he arose, came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. You see, this dad was looking for his son to return. It says while he was a long way off, he could see that his son was returning home and was filled with compassion. You know, I'm reminded of a, a psalm, Psalm chapter, uh, Psalm 103, verse 13. It says, as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. You see, this father was filled with compassion, even though he could have shunned his son, he did not instead. He runs to meet him in the field. He wraps his arms around his son. He kisses his son, knowing that he has every right to shun, banish him, and forbid him from returning. He still chooses to lovingly forgive his son. So we know that a good father selflessly gives. We also see that a good father lovingly forgives. But number three, a good father faithfully restores. Verse 22 and 23 and 24, it says, but the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe. Put it on, put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. You see, not only did he give to his son, not only did he forgive his son, but this third part is important because he restores his son. You see, one of the greatest gifts God gives to us as his children is not just forgiveness from our sin, but a restoration as children of God. It is so important that we recognize that this father could have 
forgiven his son and put his son with the servants. He could have forgiven his son and punished his son by making his son work off, right? The inheritance that he just squandered. But instead, the dad faithfully restores his son. Our children, they're going to mess up. And they're going to need us to forgive them. Our family members, our spouses, our friends, they're going to mess up. They're going to need us to not only forgive them, but they're going to need us to restore them, which means to put them back in their rightful place. You see this, this imagery of putting a ring on him and putting the best robe on him. This is kingship. This is royalty. This is, this is a, an act of restoration here, which means that my son was lost. He, he was dead, but now he's found. Now he is alive and I am restoring him back to his rightful place. And how great of a God do we serve that our God does that for us? Our God doesn't just give to us. Our God doesn't just forgive us. But our God, he restores us. I can remember when my daughter would not listen to her father as she is approaching a, a small staircase. I'm calling her and she's running the other direction. And my daughter slips and begins to fall down this step. And when I got to my daughter, there was nothing in me that wanted to fuss at her. There was nothing in me that made me angry with her. I wanted so desperately as a dad to dust her off, to pick her up, and to tell her, Daddy loves you. Are you okay? And while my daughter is only two years old, I am grateful that my heavenly father does the same thing with me. When I make mistakes, when I go the wrong direction, when I ignore his warnings, he doesn't beat me over the head, but he dusts me off. He picks me up and he, he, he restores me back to himself. So we've got a, a, a good father selflessly giving a good father lovingly forgiving. We've got a good father faithfully restoring. And my last point is that a good father justly defends. Here in verse 31. And he said to him, son, you are always with me and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad for your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. You see, the younger, the older brother, you know, had a problem. He had a problem that his older, his younger brother had made all these mistakes and had squandered his wealth and was out with prostitutes and was out doing God knows what. And he's like, I'm out here working in the field and you're celebrating him. You putting robes and rings on him. You're doing a feast for him. And I've been doing good all my all this time, and you don't throw no feast for me. And in that moment, 
we can see where the father's heart is. Because nothing the brother said was wrong. Everything the brother said was true. But what the father wanted him to learn and to understand was, was that his brother is home. And that's a reason to celebrate. You see, this good father defends his son amidst all the wrong that he has done, amidst all the mistakes he has done. This good father defends his son. And, and here's the truth. In our lives, we make mistakes. We go the wrong direction. And God doesn't just forgive us. He doesn't just restore us, but he righteously and justly defends us as his children. He defends us against the snares of the enemy. And he also defends us against the snares of other people who don't understand why we're loved by a good father. You see, let me tell you something. My friends used to joke with me and they said, you know, you think you're protective? Wait until you have a daughter. And BPC, let me tell you, I love my daughter. And my granddaddy used to say this statement. Now I get it. He says, I break a brick about you. And when I look at my daughter's face, I say, baby, I break a brick about you. I love my daughter so much that everything in me wants to lovingly restore her when she messes up, when she hurts herself. I want to forgive her. I want to give to her. I give my daughter whatever she wants. Okay, let's just be honest. Okay, you know, husbands, dads, we, 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 we give our children whatever they want, especially if we can just keep them calm and keep them settled until mommy comes back. But, but, but also, I have this desire to justly defend my daughter. Because a good father comes to the aid of their child. And so what has God done for us? What has our good heavenly father done for us? He's given us so many gifts. And he's forgiven us over and over again for the wrongs that we have done. He restores us unto himself. And he also defends us as life continues to happen over and over and over again. And you want to know what he, the best gift that he gave us? It was his son, Jesus. You see, he sent his one and only son into the world to suffer and die for you and me, to live a life we could not live, to die a shameful death we deserve to die. And Jesus came, accomplished that mission so that you and I will be able to stand here today and stand on the truth that we serve a good, good father who loves us so much that he crucified his son so that you and I might have life, so that you and I might not have to deal with the everlasting penalty of our sin. That, my friends, is a good father. And so, like I said, this message was themed for our fathers and after Father's Day. But let me say, man, woman, boy or girl, you can learn today from our good father. And if you care enough, if you don't know this good father, 
My prayer for you today is that you would find strength in receiving this good father into your life through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. And Jesus comes to make all things new. He comes to restore us to our father. He comes to offer forgiveness and a defense so that as we try to live out our faith in this dark and broken world, we know that we have a great defender on our side. Thank you guys for joining us today. I'm so grateful that we had this opportunity to share in God's word together. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the love you have for us. Thank you so much for how you give forgive, restore, and defend us. My prayer today is for anybody on the other side of this screen that they don't know you as Lord and Savior. I pray that you will convict their hearts to change and transition over to what it means to follow you as Lord. I pray that they would accept that they need a Savior, that they cannot save themselves. I pray that they would, would follow the adoption process of knowing you and receiving you as their father. Ultimately, God, I pray that this word has come to set someone free. I pray that it encourages our dads. I pray that it encourages our moms. I pray that it encourages every person who is uh, watching and listening to this word, that they can know that there is a good father who we can learn from and glean from and lean on. I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts have been acceptable to you, O oh God. Thank you for being our rock. Thank you for being our redeemer. And it's our hope that everything we say and do would be able to bring glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us in worship today. My prayer is that you would be able to go forth in all that God has called you to be. Now, I beseech you therefore, my brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to go forth and present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable act of worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what God's will is, that which is good, pleasing, and perfect. God bless you. Go in peace.